If you would please turn in your Bibles to chapter 5. We are looking at the first seven verses. A section that I call Walk in Love. This world is starving for love, but this world is completely ignorant to God's love. So that the love that this world is starving for is counterfeit. It is from the father of lies. It's a deceiving love. Beginning verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. There must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Thank you, Father, for your holy word. Thank you for your helper, our comforter, our teacher, uh, the one that strengthens us, the one that carries us, your spirit of the living God. So, Father, I pray that even now, your spirit, with the authority of your word, will teach my brothers and sisters that we may understand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Chapter 4, verse 1 said, Paul, prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ. Okay? Very simple, very easy. We are to be mimics of God, and to do that we walk in love. And we are to love as Christ loves. And I've already shared that with you. Christ's love is a forgiving love. Christ's love is an unconditional love, and Christ's love is a sacrificial love. That's how we are to love. All right? But I started in last week, and inevitably, whatever God plants out there for us to do, Satan will introduce a counterfeit. Okay? What you see today that Satan has planted, this counterfeit love, is sex. The most loving thing you can do is have sex. Okay? And, and they, the most intimate thing you can do is have sex. That's how great your love is. Okay? You hear it? You see it? Listen to it. It's all over the place. This is true love. Alright? That don't line up with God's love. It's counterfeit. It is selfish. God's love is self-sacrificing. 
Okay? That love is unforgiving. God's love is eternally forgiving. See the difference? And yet, our world has bought hook, line, and sinker that that is love. That is the greatest show of love. That is the greatest expression of love that there is. The word that he uses here, immorality, in verse 3, porneia, is any sexual act outside the bonds of marriage. Okay, I don't care what it is. All right, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I got into trouble with this a number of years ago with then Governor Roy Romer. And he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and he explained to everybody that him and his wife had an understanding. And uh, I uh, had a radio guy was mad that none of the clergy had said anything about it, so I had sent him an email on what the basis of marriage was and its foundations and how God established it and what it should look like. Well, he wanted me to get on the radio and said, you know, would you do an interview and all this? And I talked to people who have been on the radio, and they told me, don't you dare. <laughs> they will set you up like a bowling pin. So I never did. Okay. But if you think about it, in our society today, it's promoted, it's encouraged. Sex outside of marriage. Okay? I mean, and we get tacky about it. Well, you need to test drive it. Really? Tell that woman that that's what you want to do. How about a test drive? Okay? Duck. Okay, I, you know, but that's just the way it is. And which brings me to the second word that you see here. Immorality or any impurity. Any impurity. It's an interesting word. It's a very interesting word. We've got some single young ladies here. I want you to remember this word. Okay? Impurity. All right. Some of your translations may say uncleanness. All right. Eleven times this word is used in the New Testament. The first time that it is ever used is by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he uses it to speak of the smell when a body decays. A maggot infested body, that odor. If you've ever run into one... You'll never forget it. Okay? It makes a skunk smell good. Alright? That is how the Lord used it. This decaying, rotted body. Okay. First time. The next ten times it is used, it is always connected with sexual sin. You ever thought about that? And that boy looks in your eyes and gives you the, the flutter thing. And how much do you love me? How much do I love you? Have you ever thought about it from the stench of sexual sin? This act smells like rotting flesh. Woohoo! Just makes you want to become a monk. 
or what does the what does the women do? I don't know. Okay. It refers to any immoral act, thought, passion, idea, and it goes all the way up and it includes two orgies. Okay? And let me explain something to you. If it is described as the smell of rotting flesh, I'm positive that that is not love. Okay? Because I've dealt with it. I have dealt with it in the years that I have been here. And you get that, the same phrase. I mean, it's, it's not, they're not even getting creative. Oh, but we are in love. <laughs> Jesus said it's the same of a rotten stench of decay, a body full of maggots. And I love you, baby. Kind of loses something, doesn't it? You know, I don't care what you say. That's strong terminology. I mean, we can get by with porneia. Well, it's like pornography and it's this, that, and the other. But then all of a sudden he describes it as a stench. Okay? And yet to this day, in the body of Christ... You will hear this conversation that this is the ultimate showing of love, and that is Satan's love. Got it? Love doesn't do that. Love doesn't do that. Because you know what? In our society, sex is a problem. Please understand it's not new. Okay, I've seen some of the pictures of the archaeological digs in uh, Thessalonica. And that was pornography, and it was put on outside of your house so that everybody would knew that you were in like Flint. Okay? The problem is, this is being sold as love, and this has infiltrated the church. Our adversary, the world, sells this so effectively that the church has bought into it. Go look at the history of Corinth. It's not new. Go look at the history of Thessalonica. It's not new. I heard a pastor in California was teach, was a, a, it was a call-in show, and the lady called in and said she wanted to divorce her husband because she didn't love him anymore. And he said, that's all right. You just married the wrong one. Go ahead and divorce him, and God will bring you the right one. Big church, great big church. Okay? That is the deception that we call love. Remember, we're contrasting this to just as Christ also loved you. Okay, something that don't fit is Christ's love doesn't seem to me to have a stench to it. Christ's love doesn't go out of the command and the will of God the Father. The next word you see there, this translation says greed. Some of your translation will say covetous. Okay, if you go look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 17... 
There's a whole bunch of things that are listed that we are not to covet. You know what one that just jumps out at me? You're not to covet your neighbor's wife. Think about it. In our society today, and even in the body of Christ, what do you see? Listen, I've been in Castle Rock for a long time. I've been in this church for 30, 30, almost 35 years. And I have lost count of the sexual immorality that has taken place in different bodies in, in, in our community. I can't even count them. Okay? Inevitably, I can't remember one that didn't. They all end up in divorce. Okay? Which tells me whatever love was there is not godly because there's no forgiveness. But you know what? What bothers me, I know five pastors in this town who ended up divorced. Well, I can't say that. One, I assisted. I mean, he confessed, and we talked, and he, he, I, I haven't talked to him in a while. But him and his wife, we sat down together and discussed it. And um, both of them believed the Bible. Both of them. I, it took me about three months to get him out of the... Well, she did this, and he did that, and she did this, and it's... And it's <laughs> but if you walk with the people, you can help them get around that. Okay, but it's... You know, I cheated on my wife because she did this. I cheated on my husband because he didn't do this. <laughs> it's... I can go back to Adam and Eve. That didn't work. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way... Let's move on. So again. And they were still married the last time I talked to him. He was not in the pulpit anymore. Okay. But, you know, because I told him that you, you've got a powerful testimony if you can come through this. Because uh, most of them, and speaking of pastors, they ended up divorced. Okay. Now, in some cases, they should not be put back in the pulpit. Unless there's reconciliation with the wife, as far as I'm concerned. It's that way I read it here. Okay, doesn't mean it can't be used. Okay, but you've got yourself in a pickle. All right. When I think about the years that I've been in this town and how often that I see this, it was actually kind of stunning. When I go back to these texts, that it all comes back and I think about the people, the couples that I've seen and the destruction that it had. Okay? It's so like I said, I've lost count. And I find it's just kind of fascinating. The word greed or covet here. I see the coveting of women on TV. I see the coveting of men on TV, in movies. I see it in advertising. I see it in magazines. Okay? This is all sin. However you shake it, it's just sin. That's all it is. There's no plan B in it. 
And if you covet that, or if you're greedy for that, you know, that you're in trouble. Okay? See, the counterfeit is a lie. It's, you look at what our society promotes as love, okay? It's a fantasy. It, 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 it's, it's not real. Okay? You know, I, I heard a guy, one of the guys I was dealing with was a pastor and he left his wife. He said, well, you know, it's just, he said, it's, there's just times that you realize the grass is greener on the other side. And I looked at him and said, you know what? It's still just grass. Okay, so you didn't, you tore everything up for Nebuchadnezzar. You're going to go out and eat grass. You know, think about it. You see these movie stars, okay? And uh, we call them chick flicks, okay? Wondrous love stories. And you've got all these movie stars, male and female. And oh my gosh, isn't that, that's heavenly. Oh, it's just, ooh. And you watch them and you're sitting there going, huh. Then you look at the lives of them people in reality. How many times have been married? You're such a great love story, why can't you stay married to the same woman? Now, there's a handful of them out there, but I don't know if it's a handful. I'm not sure it's five. Okay? They can't stay married. You know what's this? You see this thing on TV or this movie or whatever, and you go, oh, who, oh, who, and then you realize it's a fantasy because they can't even live it. The problem, people don't understand the thing about marriage. If you take two believers, okay, and you put them together, all right, and it says the two will be one, okay, immediately, what does everybody think? Sex. That ain't it. The two will be one, what? One spirit. Now, that's believers. That's why you shouldn't marry an unbeliever. Or if you do marry an unbeliever, <laughs> pray hard. Okay? But you, you, you put that together. The, the one is one spirit. They are one entity. And, you know, yet most Christians say, you know, on my honeymoon, we're going to be one. You had better be one before that. Because it's realizing, it's realizing the joining of two fallen souls in the one person of Jesus Christ. Okay, now then, those of us who have been married, or are married, oops, who are married, realize that you're not going to believe it. Every once in a while, your spouse's flesh gets in the way. It only happens like one or two times, but you'll know it when it happens. Right? And you just keep thinking, hmm. And immediately you go, oh, I don't think they're saved. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's what we normally do. But when that happens, you both go before the king and confess. 
The man has to confess because he's a spiritual leader and he evidently dropped the ball. The woman has to confess because maybe it was her fault. Why? Because the two are one. All right, because I have people who want to come and tell me, well, you just don't understand that woman. You just don't understand that man. You know what? There's always two sides. Okay? And that, these are things that we have to pay attention to. Why? Because what is propagated out there is a lie. It is deceit. And the two are one. We are one in the spirit of the living God. I tell newlyweds or young married couples, the most intimate thing that you can do is pray together. Because you're both entering in the power of the Holy Spirit into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and the throne room of God. And what are you going to hide? And there's nothing more intimate than that. I look at the fantasy that this world propagates. As this will be amazing. No, it ain't. Even if you're believers, occasionally amazing turns into, is that the devil? All right? And then you say... Help me. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Okay? And there's nothing you can do about it. Help me. You know, it's... We were talking about this in Sunday school this morning. Early in my ministry, in most people's ministry, we believe it is our responsibility to change people. I will give you the Bible. I'll walk alongside with you. And I will mold you into some kind of image. Okay? You realize that that's not your job. You want to be a worker approved? Rightly divide truth. Okay. Did you know I cannot make any one of you believe a word that I say? Okay. I can't. But I am diligent in rightly dividing truth. If you reject it, take it up with the boss. All right. I see this in this greed or greediness, and I see it when men go after women. Well, a phenomenon that I'm starting to see that I hadn't seen in the 70s is now women are going after men, and they're running around like feathers in their cap. You know, I conquered this or I conquered that, and I, you know, whatever. I've had women approach me at different times and said, you know, I wonder what it would be like to make love to a man of God. I said, I have no idea. And I just walk away. <laughs> but, but you just see this stuff all the time. And I, I've never been approached that way before. When I was young and lost and just woohoo, I didn't know that they would chase back. <laughs> if I'd have known that, I'd have waited. Okay, but these are things that you have to look at because what that world system out there right now is doing is in the walls of the church. It's in the walls of the church. I see men going after women. I see women going after men. The word in the Greek literally means to defraud. Okay? It's a hoax. 
Okay, that's a good love, huh? All right. You go after someone to defraud them. You're after someone because it's a, it's a lie. Okay. In the Latin, this word is, it's the love of possessing. Of possessing. That's what this word greed or coveting means. And you know what? I have seen it in the body of Christ. I've dealt with it personally several times. And I see people who are willing to sacrifice everything to get this quote-unquote fantasy pleasure. I've seen them destroy their children. I've seen them destroy their spouse. I see them destroy their jobs. I see them destroy their friends. I see them destroy everything just because they're chasing a fantasy. And they do it in the name of love. It's one of those that steps into this counterfeit love becomes, I got to have this. Or I've got to have this person. And you know what? Inevitably, the people that I have talked to, they believe that once this fantasy is fulfilled, I'll live well. And you know what? Never will. Never will. It's a question I ask sometimes. When is the flesh satisfied? So if I let the flesh drive, then guess what? You destroy everything that is truly valuable. Because, please understand, Satan is a destroyer. Okay? Peter says that he is like a roaring lion. You know what's tragic about that statement? A lion only roars when it has its prey. If you're out hunting, you ain't running around you roaring. So if he's a roaring lion, that means he's got one. And I'm, I am sure that in every situation there will be an accounting for this. I've seen uh, pastors who were disqualified from the pulpit because of this. Paul continues to say here, says it must not even be named among you. It shouldn't be spoken of. It shouldn't be something that just shows up. You know, one of the things I see when there's a sexual impropriety in the church, isn't it amazing how the news gets it? And it just, I remember the guy down there in Colorado Springs had his problem. And I had gone to Oriel, and we were sitting around lunch one day, and two of the pastors said, we need to ask you a question. And I'm not going to mention his name, but they knew about it. In Oriel, Russia, they knew about that guy down in the Springs. Think about that for a minute. Gets around. It gets around. Because their question was, how does that happen? How in the world does that happen? And I tried to explain it, but I don't think I sold them on it. I was just trying to say, you know what? Some people think they're above it. There are some people out there who need a lot more accountability than others. 
I had a friend of mine who uh, had his secretary had the password to get into his computer. Okay. And I said, well, I kind of, why do you do that? He says, well, it keeps me from going to porn sites. I was like, what? He says, yeah, if she puts the password in there, then she can get on there and see where I've been. He says, so I'm not tempted to go there. And you're like, whoa. I said, well, dude, you know that's not real. And he said, what? I said, that stuff, whether it's a magazine or a computer screen, it ain't real. He said, what do you mean it ain't real? I said, can you touch it? Uh, No. Guess what? It ain't real. I never thought of that. And, and, and his, him and his wife have a wonderful relation. Phenomenal. But he was a person who said, you know, for my protection, this is how I'm going to do it. Now, I did get on a porn site one time, but that was because the address I was looking for was a lie. <laughs> I was looking for the White House dot gov, but I didn't know it was dot gov. I thought it was dot and it didn't take me where I thought it was. The, the thing is, is that the world has sold this arousal as love. And uh, it's not. I don't know how many times I've been told I couldn't help it. I fell for it. I fell in it. Okay, you don't fall into this. This is something over a progression of time. You think about it, you mature it in your brain, and you make it happen. And it is a love outside of my marriage, or outside of a marriage, and that's going to get you in trouble. It's going to get you in trouble. And then, you know, i got to go back to the word that I started with. Think about it. When you do something outside of marriage, do you understand that is the stench of the heart? Boy, it sure takes the flowery off of it, doesn't it? I remember a pastor looked me right in the eye and says, I don't love her anymore. And I knew his wife, she was, she was very pleasing to the eye. I mean, it's not like I hung out with them, but, you know, what I knew. And uh, he said, I'm just not. And he left. The church fell apart, blew up in a thousand pieces. The next thing I know, the guy who led the men's leadership class left his wife for her. What a victory for the roaring lion. I don't know what happened to everybody. But I, I took a Greek class with him down in, the, where the heck was it? Oh, in the springs. Okay? Because that shock wave, it's like a, when you throw a rock into a pond, it's got all of that that goes out. You have effects that you... It affects your kids. It affects your fellow brothers and sisters. It affects the... It, it affects the name of the church. Peter says, remember, it is a scab. It is a filth mark. 
it mars the church. And, you know, it, and it doesn't matter. They can be the goofiest group of Christians. It may not even be Christians. But as soon as you put church on it, guess what? You're up. And it goes across to every one of us. Listen, when I hear somebody say, I don't love them anymore. I look them straight in the eye and says, then you're a sinner. They will know us by our love. And our love will be as Christ. And when someone says, well, I don't love them anymore. I just look at them and say, well, you're a sinner. We are commanded to love. All right. And it is sin to justify a divorce on the basis of not loving. Listen, there is grounds for divorce. I will not downplay that. But I've had people come to me and say, you know, I, I think, you know, my husband or my wife are, is cheating on me. And she doesn't, he doesn't seem to be repentant. And it's what should I do? I think I should divorce. And I said, well, go read Hosea first. Hosea? Yeah, just go read it. You'll understand what I'm saying. Okay? And if you don't know what I mean by Hosea right now, then this afternoon go read Hosea. Alright? When you think you can justify a divorce or premaritable sex, then you need to understand that you are greedy, you are coveting, and the stench of your heart is being revealed. See, to covet something that is not yours is a sin. Outside of God's will, outside of God's plan. Listen, I know you've all heard of David and Bathsheba, right? She got pregnant, right? Child died at birth. Uriah lost his life. Listen, it didn't stop there. I mean, Solomon... He kind of got it. But if you go really look at Solomon's life, you're sitting there going, for the wisest man in the world, you sure did some stupid things. Okay? And if you look at the other children, I mean, one had flowing curly hair that blew through the wind and all the women were just pitter-patter, 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 pitter-patter. And the soldier was chasing him and he got caught in a mustard seed tree. And hung by his hair. Yippee! See, if you look at what David and Bathsheba, it was a mess. And it continued to be a mess. Now God took care. Don't, I don't want to downplay it. He was a man after God's own heart. Okay? And he used him. But when it came time to build the temple, God said, Uh-uh. Nope. You have innocent blood on your hands. Okay? Paul says here, this must not even be named. Shouldn't be named. Not one time. Shouldn't be mentioned. Look what he says next. As is proper among the Hagias, the saints. Is proper among the holy ones, the set apart ones, the ones that are beloved of God. They shouldn't be named holy ones. How could we be characterized by this 
counterfeit love as holy ones. Tough, huh? Unholy love. A love that is lust. A love that is selfishness. A love that is conditional. A love that is unforgiving. How can that be among holy ones? Listen, we are set apart. We are holy. Right now. Do you realize, you ever thought about this? You are as holy right now as you're ever going to be. Now, you may not act like it, but you are. If you're truly saved, you're as holy right now as you're ever going to be. Okay? What you're looking forward to is is get out of this earthen vessel. Because my earthen vessel has these unholy things. But you are as holy right now as you're ever going to be. When God looks down on Terry right now, you know what he sees? Jesus. That's kind of spooky, isn't it? I seen him in the mirror the other day, and oh, man, he looks ragged. <laughs> I'm going to ask him, okay, can I have them busted lenses back? <laughs> I look better. We are set apart. How can we be engaged in unholiness? Now listen, I want you to understand something. It doesn't mean you don't biff it sometimes. That's a theological term. Okay? It's what you used to do when you had a bicycle had the front brakes on it and you hit it. <laughs> you would biff it. <laughs> that's, that's biff it. Okay? Yeah, anyway, we'll move on. Okay. How can we, who are holy, stay in that kind of place? We might chase it around a little bit. But at some point in time, the Holy Spirit is going to be make you so miserable that you're going to say, you know what? I am not having nearly as much fun as I thought I should. How are the beloved children of a holy God to be engaged in unholy things? And then you go back and you look at it, pornea and impurity and greed. If you really think about it, why would you want to be? Why would you want to be? And now listen, it's in the past. There's a lot of stuff that's in our past. Leave it back there. Okay? Leave it back there. I know what my life was like. I know what I did. And and there's times. That's why that lady at the store wanted to shame me. Really, lady? (laughs) You couldn't do that if you had to. Okay, that's what I want us to be aware of. That is how massive God's loving forgiveness, unconditional self-sacrificing is to the people of God. Remember, we looked at that in the first three chapters. Father, you know, it's I know that this is tough to listen to. Sex outside of marriage is like maggot-infested rotting flesh. Hmm. Okay? It just makes you, woohoo. But that's what it's saying. 
That's what it's saying. Okay? And you know what? We got some young ladies in here. <laughs> and the princes are going to show up by the droves. Just remember. There's a, a, a song. Ooh, ooh, that smell. Just, just remember that smell. Okay. My wife looked at me. She don't know Leonard Skinner. But anyway. <laughs> she's like, what song is that? Is that in the hymnal? <laughs> yeah. It's in that other one. So just just remember that. <laughs> Guys are all going to walk out of here going, my pastor has ruined me. <laughs> so anyway. But I just want us to be aware of this. Remember I told you, the plea was to walk in love, be imitators of God. The pattern was after the Lord Jesus Christ himself because of the love that he showed us. Okay? Now we're looking at the perversion. The father of lies has laid this out here, and we think this is the, 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 the end be all end. And let me tell you something. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the power of your spirit in the souls of the children of the Most High God, beloved of God. Father, I pray for Castle Rock Baptist Church. Pray that we'll walk in love. Father, I pray that we'll love as Christ also loved us. He gave himself for us a sacrifice, a fragrant aroma. Let us, as beloved children, be imitators. Lord, we love you. Father, sometimes these words, these words are strong. But these are the words that you have given us. We love you, Father. In Christ's name. Amen.